determine if ally was a title that you were going to add to your bio or if it was going to be a way of life you walk in allyship you are acting as an ally welcome to beyond allyship a podcast that helps humans shift their understanding of what it means to be an effective ally and show up in allyship for marginalized communities Let's get it popping. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Allyship podcast. I am your host, Dr. J-Pop. And today we're going to continue a little bit from our last episode. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that last episode, go ahead and go to episode 17, which was entitled Pause. And if you remember, I shared a few reminders of what allyship looks like in times like these when we are facing so much devastation and loss, wars and conflict all over this world. I've heard so many people say it just feels like the world is on fire. There's a lot of overwhelm, a lot of anxiety. And so I wanted to just say, hey, let's take a beat. And a beat doesn't have to be too long. It could be a podcast episode that you listen to on the way to work or wherever you might be. But here are just a couple things I shared in the last episode about what allyship is. Remember, one, I said allyship is a way of life, not just something you choose for one community. It is how you walk through your day, how you walk through your week, how you walk through your life. Okay. Second thing I said was it's humanity centered. Allyship is humanity centered so that we can remember in times of crisis or war or Anything that's going on in this world where we want to show up, we should be seeking out the emergent needs of those closest in proximity to that conflict, crisis, natural disaster, whatever is going on that you are trying to show up for. And lastly, I shared that true allyship (laughs) considers your own nervous system because, yes, anger, sadness, pain, frustration, anxiety, all very valid emotions that you should feel when you're seeing everything unfold around this world. But if you can't advocate for yourself, how can you effectively advocate for someone else? So you gotta check in with yourself and care for your nervous system. Now, remember I said I shared those, one, because of how everybody was feeling, but also I was watching how humans were interacting on social media. This was one where I was in the learner's seat. So most of what I was doing was looking for unbiased information to help inform what I believed in the actions that I wanted to take. But what was taking the energy away from that learning was watching how people were showing up with each other. People that weren't necessarily in the midst of the conflict either. Some of them from the immediate safety of their own homes. And I say immediate safety because I do know that Islamophobia and anti-Semitism still are here in the States and are ramping up because of everything that was going on. But I also knew that there were other conflicts that other people in other countries were facing. So I was watching all of this unfold and it was very clear that there were aspects of supremacy culture that were showing up in people's allyship. And I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> we, we are raised in a society with its own set of values and those values permeated every aspect 
of our culture. So naturally, we're socialized to those same values unless we had experiences or humans in our life that showed us differently. Now, one thing I do want to say, I I say supremacy culture. um, I do mean white supremacy culture. For some reason, there is a defensiveness that comes up when you say the word white, when you say the word black in the face of racism and some of the topics that we discuss. And while that defensiveness is for you to unpack, my goal is education. So I try to take away as many barriers as possible, but I do want to be clear when I'm talking about supremacy culture, I'm talking about the traits that we've been trying to unlearn in order to build community and step away from individualism and actually look at the collective of us. And to me, allyship is one of many antidotes to supremacy culture. And this week I said, you know what, instead of talking about what allyship is, which I feel like we do every week, let's actually talk about what it isn't. And there are so many things I could talk about, but today I chose seven things that I want to talk about in relation to what allyship isn't. And if any of this list, you know, resonates, awesome. Take it with you. Don't sit with that feeling too long. Allow it to process so that you can figure out what to do next. And this is not me saying there's a... um a wrong way to show up, but there is a way that is out of alignment with what your mission is. And that's why we need to talk about what allyship is not. So the first thing we're going to say, allyship is not a weapon to use against people. It is a weapon against inequitable and oppressive systems and ideologies that are harmful to other people. It's never a weapon that we're going to fight others with. And that's something that we should all consider. A lot of what we're fighting are ideologies, and that's the problem. So fighting each other really takes energy away from that. It doesn't allow us to process emotions, come to our own conclusions, have healthy conflict and discourse and talk about it. The weapon is against the system, and that's something that you have to keep at the forefront because all supremacy culture wants you to believe is that you're fighting each other. And honestly, we should all be trying to fight the system that is keeping us divided and that wants us to focus only on self and not on others. Okay, that's one. Allyship is a weapon against systems, not against people. Two, allyship is not transactional. It does not say I showed up for you so that you would show up for me. You decided to show up and that was your decision. Choosing to walk in allyship, it's personal and it should not be rooted in giving to get anything in return. It's recognizing the power and the currency of your own voice and using it for your community members. I saw a lot of what I showed up for Black Lives Matter and I've shown up for LGBTQIA plus and truthfully at the root of all of that. If you are in the marginalized community, you are hoping people to show up for the root of that is fear. Fear makes sense 
when you're dealing with something that so many groups are impacted by. Fear makes sense, but fear cannot lead you. It cannot lead me to move because fear will go away at some point or it might keep me from doing what's effective for those marginalized groups. So if you said, I want to walk in allyship, that means that was your choice. And you're not necessarily looking for others to immediately show up for you in return. It would be beautiful. But again, that's a personal decision that requires personal conviction. So if you're choosing to walk in allyship, know that that is your choice, no matter what others say or do. Three, allyship does not require everyone to emote or show up in the same way. Simply put, it's not possible. And it's inequitable to believe that that should be the case. If we are sitting here and saying, hey, everybody has their own resources, their own privileges, they have their own lived experience. And then we say, but everybody has to do the same thing in this space. That's not equitable. It's not. And it actually isn't pushing us towards understanding ourselves so that we can see how we fit into the collective. So what you can do is ask questions. If you if you want to understand more, if you want to understand someone's position, ask questions, okay? But shaming people into moving, that is requiring them to do as you do, and that is not something that we choose to do in allyship. The next one, allyship is not a platform for you to virtue signal. Yes, you will likely have some happiness and joy from the ability to show up and to give. That's natural and that's actually healthy. But the minute you put that at the center, we have an issue because you are now focusing on self and not others, okay? To put up that you've shown up for others or the knowledge that you have and put that on a pedestal takes the focus off your reason for wanting to show up in allyship. So as I said in the last episode, anytime you are the focus, but you are not connected to the marginalized group or you are not connected to the conflict, then now it's time to check, is the intention that I have, should that really be my intention? Okay. Next up, allyship makes room for both and. And I'm going to leave space for you to decide what that looks like for you. And why I decided to say this one, there were a lot of people who were in their empathy hurting for the civilians that have been harmed in these conflicts. And there were different thoughts of opinion on whether you should feel empathy for people who are being harmed. And that is an either or mentality, but we need both and because as I said in that last episode as well, allyship is humanity centered. So we're not looking to uphold government. We're not looking to uphold institutions or protect them. We're looking to protect people. And that does require us to think of all that are involved. Next up, allyship does not use discomfort to avoid being informed. Many are socialized to believe that any feeling of discomfort that they feel means that they can leave whatever is causing that. They can abandon it because I'm uncomfortable. I I shouldn't have to deal with this discomfort. But the magic is being able to discern whether that discomfort is a message leading you to deeper work. So sometimes people will feel it (laughs) 
avoid everything that comes with it. That means they're not taking in any information. They're not trying to understand simply because of that feeling of discomfort. And I would challenge you, if you are feeling it, process it. Don't ignore it. Sit with it and say, why am I uncomfortable? What is it making it me feel about myself? And is that in alignment with my allyship? And the next thing you do is figure out what the next best step is. And I'm saying this because there's one big one that I see all the time that I will probably address on a podcast episode in its own. Allyship does not rest in guilt and shame. It recognizes that both of those are tools of supremacy culture and those feelings keep the focus on you. That doesn't mean you won't feel them. But the beautiful thing about guilt is shame when you process it is when it leads to conviction. So you work through why you feel those feelings and then you choose an action that allows you to process the feelings, release them, and then move forward in that conviction based off what you are trying to do. Because a person who walks in allyship out of conviction will move differently than an ally who moves out of shame and guilt. That does not mean that they will have be effective. It just means there's a different mindset that allows that allyship to be internalized as a part of you and not something you are doing to be seen as a good person. There are many more things that allyship is not. But in the midst of all of this, me saying pause says, hey, check yourself because we clearly are not done. We, we've got work to do around this entire world. And that means that we may have to do several internal checks with ourselves on our intent in showing up and how we are walking in allyship. If you heard this list and know that some of these have showed up in your allyship, please remember one thing. Good people are not perfect people. Remember, there is no such thing as perfect when it comes to this work. Building your allyship is a journey and there is not an end destination. There's only mile markers and milestones that we are trying to reach as we build our community along the way. And I do want to talk to those people who are struggling to remain grounded because maybe they're experiencing some type of burnout because they don't know what to do with those feelings of empathy and compassion and care that they're seeing and they don't know how to move. So the Building Allyship community typically has Dr. Jasmine Stromberg, who is a physical therapist out of New Mexico, come into the community and do breathwork sessions with us. And this time we decided to open it up to the neighborhood, which is you. You are my neighbor, so you are welcome. So we are hosting a breathwork session with myself and Dr. Jasmine Stromberg on Monday, November 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern. There will be no cost for this session, only donations. And 100%, all, all, all of the donations will be going to World Central Kitchen. I will make sure that I put a link in the show notes so that you can read up on World Central Kitchen and know where um, your money would be going. And if you're interested in coming to this class, in the show notes is a link to sign up for my email list. I will be sharing all of the necessary sign-up information on my email list this week. I hope you were able to take something from this episode. 
Please be sure to share this on your social media accounts with anyone that you think may need to hear this. Follow the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, Dr. J-Pop is out.